Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. See, senor. You know what it is? A little something we call a dimly lit room. Deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody. Today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. I hate to start on a serious note, but I'll tell you who the general manager is not. Some stupid, mentally ill coward who decided to kill people. He will rot in anonymity in a cage in which they put him. I don't care about his list of grievances. I don't want to hear him made into some scary anti-hero. Screw him. Rot. I really haven't heard a word about it, and I'm not going to talk about it. So, that. Here, here. Um, it's a little Wednesday. We're already... <laughs> That's not a thing. It's not? No. That's what they're celebrating on spring break, isn't it? <laughs> Woo! How do you like going to spring break and the curfew is 8 o'clock? Hilarious. Uh, the violence down there uh, in uh, Miami Beach is not hilarious, but a curfew of 8 p.m. I can't imagine that when you're doing the whole spring break thing because you're rolling out of bed at like 2 in the afternoon. By the right. time you shower and force down that first beer hungover, it's 1. You got seven hours left <laughs> in the day. Well, they, they got to get up at the crack of dawn and start partying. I guess. Yeah, just it's kind of dairy farmer spring break hours. <laughs> yes, exactly. The farm kids from uh, the Midwest are really enjoying spring break. They're up with the, <laughs> up at 4.30, turning in about 5 in the afternoon. So um, I wonder if Joe Scarborough slept on the couch last night. He's, <laughs> Do tell. He's, uh, he does a show on MSNBC, and he's married to his co-host, Mika Brzezinski. And I was watching yesterday's episode, because I knew today's episodes of all news shows would be all about uh, the mass killing. Yeah. And, you know, with no new information for me. So anyway, so I went to yesterday's episodes of things and uh, they had a little marital spat um, over the the border. And um, uh, it's funny, Judy and I rarely argue about the border. (laughs) If you had a cable TV news show, you you might. But (laughs) it's possible. um, Joe Scarborough, I think, said some important things because he's a man of the left now. I I consider him. uh, him saying this, I thought it was per- pretty pretty powerful, and uh, I wish more people would hear it. You can say don't come all you want as President Biden or the Secretary of Homeland Security, but as long as kids, if we're gonna, if the policy is you get to come in, and we're gonna hold you, and we're not sending you back, people right. are gonna come. And he's absolutely mm-hmm. right. The message is you get to come across the border and stay here. We're not sending people back. That's the message. Doesn't matter how many times you yell, don't come, stay where you are. No. What you're yelling by your actions. Remember, we're always talking about the your actions are more powerful than your words. Certainly. It's what you do, not what you say that is really what you what you are. Um, the fact that we're letting people in and have announced we're not sending them back, though that's that's the message that's being sent to everybody. And as Joe Scarborough said, there aren't enough hotels in all of Texas, New Mexico, wherever, to hold the number of people that are going to come. People will come by the millions until we change our policy that 
kids get to come across the border and stay here. Well, and and that's point, currently the policy as we stand right now. And their numbers yesterday, remember on Friday we had the, uh, I think it was 1,200 kids in that facility designed to hold 250. Mm-hmm. As of yesterday morning, their reporting on NBC was it was 3,300 kids oh my in that God. facility designed to hold 250. I'm guessing by today it's 4,000. And there's no reason that's going to slow down anytime soon. They were interviewing a guy who said, we usually get about 30 people a day, we apprehend. We're doing 30 people an hour. Holy cow. Well, and they are so overwhelmed now they're turning families and adults loose without so much as a hearing date. Just They just say, go, go into America. Into the United States, not back into Mexico. Leave us an address or a phone number or something, and we'll, we'll call you and tell you to show up for a hearing, to which the immigrants say to themselves, you're not serious, are you? You're going to turn me loose and then, like, call me someday and tell me to show up at a hearing? That's hilarious. Goodbye. And I appreciate, like I said, I appreciated somebody on one of the lefty channels saying that because how much press, how many times did you hear Joe Biden telling George Stephanopoulos last week, don't come. The message is clear. Stay where you are. Don't come. That doesn't matter. The message is you get to come in and we're not sending you back to Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's the message. Yep. And people, and we'll, we'll end up with millions of people. That's, that is not an exaggeration. Until they change the policy, unless they change the policy, you'll have millions of people. Wow. You know, this is one of these twists in history. It could be that the word in Central America, Mexico, and among the cartels now is so clearly go now, go now. We're going to see a, a historic flood of people that we've never seen before. In fact, we're near that point now, and that might cause the Biden administration to do things they would have never dreamed of, force them into that position. And the other thing that Joe Scarborough said, and I'm not trying to make this about them as a couple, is just kind of funny because she was pursing her lips. And, but, Joe, are you, did you hear that the administration is now saying don't come? He said that doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference if the policy is you get to come in and stay here. That's the message. You dumb clock. I shouldn't have said that. I should, honey, I'm so sorry. And the other I'm part, so sorry. And the other part, I thought this was really interesting because he was a congressman in Florida, and he said nobody ever talks about this. And it's true. Nobody does talk about this, including lefties, but nobody talks about this. He said, when I was a congressman in Florida, you know how many people appealed to me every year to try to get their uh, spouse or somebody in from Afghanistan or Iraq or Belgium or anywhere in the world, and they and it would take years, and most of the time they didn't get in. Why do we treat so many people around the world like that, but if you happen to come across the southern border, you just get to come in? What is that? We got an email the other day, we shared it with the folks, from a an American living in Britain, wants her husband to come back with her, her British husband. She's an American. He's a freaking Brit, which is three-quarters of American, with a funny accent, right? They, they, they've been working on this for months. They can't get him in. Go down to the border, sweetheart. Come across. So anybody who's arguing about we're a nation of immigrants or uh, oh, what, what it says on the the, the, the poem on the, the Statue of Liberty and blah, 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 nobody is illegal. Okay, is anybody pushing to change the policy for everybody else around the world? Doesn't seem to be. Nobody even brings it up. It's just weird. No, it's childish nonsense. It's not a political discussion. It's nonsense. So if you're a doctor from Pakistan, uh, it take you years and you probably won't go in. If you're unskilled labor, maybe a criminal with a record, yeah, you just walk into the country and we'll turn you loose because, you know, what are you going to do? Not even give you a hearing. How, how unserious is that as a nation?
I know it. As a political class, because Democrats and Republicans aren't dealing with it. It's, it's, it's just crazy. I've told this story before, but we've had a lot of stations since this. I had a friend from Italy, and um, uh, he lived in the United States, and he worked at the university. He had a Ph.D. in biology, and um, uh, he was always uh, complaining about how difficult the system was for getting back and forth. And his mom was sick back in Italy, and he wanted to go back and visit her, and he could not get the permission to go back and be able to come back in. And he would have lost his job, and he couldn't figure out what to do. And he was in tears over the way he would drive to San Francisco and wait for hours. And sometimes they just say, we're closing for the day. Why are you closing? I've been here for hours. Come back tomorrow. I mean, that's the way we treat people who are skilled labor, who are doing it the right way. Following the rules. Following the rules. But we make no effort to clean that up. While we're letting people just walk in the southern border. It's, it's, well, it's unserious. Well, yeah, exactly. Part of it is that the dopiest, most emotional uh, high school sophomore level uh, intellect are controlling the discussion in the media to a large extent. Although that worm has turned in recent days as oh, the absolutely. crisis has become so acute, even the New York Times has had to pay attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. I saw an ABC cast on it last night, and they were saying a lot of the sort of sarcastic things that they used to say about Trump. Well, the administration, who's still not calling it a crisis, look at these pictures, you know, that sort of thing, Um, because some pictures did come out yesterday. Uh, So what are there, close to 4,000 kids in that one facility that's supposed to hold 250? They they painted themselves into a corner with this ridiculous, it's not a crisis crap. Because now they're they're in a a weird position where if they finally one day start using the word crisis, everybody goes, the media goes nuts. So they painted themselves in a corner over this. Because obviously it's a crisis. It's just dumb. It's a a dumb conversation. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) But you standing up there and saying it's not a crisis is dumb, too. So. Sure. Well, Jen Psaki's flipping through her thesaurus right now. Let's see. Uh, disaster? No, that's not good. Uh, uh, exceptional circumstance? Yeah, that, let's go with that. It is an exceptional circumstance at the border. Let's call it a predicament. Exactly. A cluster F. It's a FUBAR. <laughs> um, you're familiar with FUBAR, Sean? Uh, I think so. It's an acronym. Yeah. Effed up beyond all recognition. Bingo. Is that a military thing? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Catastrophe, calamity. These are uh, synonyms for crisis. Catastrophe, calamity, cataclysm, emergency, disaster, predicament. I could see him doing that, using that one. Disaster's not going to take you the direction you're wanting to go. Plight, mess, dilemma, quandary. Setback, reverse reversal. I like that one. It's a quandary. Do we have a quandary at the border? It's a riddle to solve. <laughs> it's a riddle. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, if you're team- trying to have a good time, just come no matter what. You're That's to the have- message the administration has been delivering to the cartels. If you're trying to have a good time, come no matter what. Uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo. I'm sorry, technical director, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, not eating eggs. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just keep hearing about spring break in Florida. I keep thinking, you know, I was never cool enough to go to spring break. I was, I just didn't have the confidence to go, and I was picturing me go, going there and being the guy that they bury, you know, in sand up to his neck, and I just I t- I tell you what, crying we, out for help, you know. Having gone one time at the end of my college career after working for seven years without a vacation, um, uh... Let me tell you what you can do. We have a week coming up here pretty soon off. This is what you do. You get hammered drunk all day, every day for seven days. It'll be so close to, to the same experience, you won't really have missed anything. 
Uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? I'm doing quite well. I uh, got an audio clip that I wanted to play here, uh, largely just because I didn't know where else it would fit uh, in the, the, the rest of the show. But this is uh, uh, Seth Meyers discussing the Biden falling over the stairs clip, and uh, I think in a way that you guys might appreciate. And I know what you're thinking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't show that clip of Biden tripping on the stairs to Air Force One. If Trump had tripped like that, you would have shown that clip for a month. And you know what? Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, that was I didn't joke. know where else it would fit. But. <laughs> and you know what? That's right. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it already get to be Little Wednesday? March the 23rd, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getting, we approve of this program. Let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Not cool. We're not even getting our money's worth. We have to wake up early just to have fun. Not cool. Not cool, man. <laughs> that is not, not cool. cool. What kind of spring break is this? Shutting her down at 8 o'clock like we're old people. Yeah, brutal. Poor kids. How does the bag of mail look today? Oh, it's outstanding. Really good. I mean... I'm not lying this time. Okay, well, then we ought to get to it. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, and the rest of the news of the day. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Elfin screams of that lead singer from uh, whatever they're called. Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. With his half shirt. Wear it now, son. You won't be able to for long. Is he Greta or Van Fleet? So, I don't know if you've heard, but there is now a $3 trillion proposal coming out of the Biden administration where they're going to jam in all the rest of the progressive wish list stuff because they had such a good run with the last time. It's a heat check. Hey, let's see if we can do it again. Mm. It was pretty easy last time, a couple weeks ago. So we'll tell you what's in that later this Watch hour. me. I'd do I'll, the same. I'll tell you what's in that. America becoming France. If I was a Democrat, I'd do the same thing. Hey, the, the opposition party doesn't seem to care. Let's do it now. Ay, ay, ay. Mailbag. <laughs> oh, that's right. Our freedom-loving quote of the day from the great historian writer Shelby Steele. Conservatism is the perfect antidote to underdevelopment. Its commitment to individual responsibility, education, hard work, personal initiative, traditional family values, and free markets is a universal formula for success in a free society. And don't let the woke fools tell you it ain't. Because it is. Says me. Michael, I'm going to ask for a transmission from this jaunty tune to the traditional Armstrong and Getty music for... The haiku. Oh, the dumbest of all poetry. Gosh, I needed some structure. This oh, is great. Geez. A note from Cody. Gentlemen, I'm listening to the podcast from Monday. Right in the intro, you talked about poetry, and I realized I missed you doing haikus. Oh, man. Well, Cody, we'd be delighted to accommodate you. The beautiful Japanese art of the haiku, the five syllables, the seven, the five. Sean, would you agree it's the very limitations that sets the artist free? Without the restraints, there is no creativity. Okay. Mm. <laughs> That's what I told my wife as I put the hey fur handcuffs on her. Hey, hey. <laughs> what now? All right, here's the haiku. <clears throat> Haiku's anger, Jack. This is reason enough, friends, to bust them out. What? Word. <laughs> he almost jumped in. There's only four syllables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the beautiful 
Japanese art of the haiku. <laughs> Moving along to the correspondence proper. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is Joe the Consultant. Uh, positive Sean's ridiculous mascot bracket analysis has a higher accuracy percentage than my brother-in-law's actually meticulously thought-out bracket. He plays, pays close attention to college basketball. Watching him melt down was particularly hilarious. Uh, WJLHCJLP with Jesus like hair comes Jesus likes power. Not to that, <laughs> no, Joe. No, 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 that's no. not cool, Joe. No, no, not this, especially not this close to Easter. I'm much yeah. more Samson than anything. There you go. Yeah, Nobody's offended yeah. by that. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Joe, you guys came up with the real reason for illegal immigration 20 years ago on your show. Yeah. And, uh, Nate, we haven't forgotten it either. Uh, well, his explanation of it, which is our explanation of it, is uh, we our birth rate is declining uh, rapidly in the United States. We are not replacing our population uh, quickly enough to prop up the Ponzi scheme that is Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. We don't have enough young workers for all the old folks, and so we've had to import uh, brown people uh, from Central America to pay into Social Security. And nobody's going to prop it up the scam. And if that's what's going on, nobody's going to say that out loud. Right. Plus, the right needs wants the cheap labor. The left wants what they perceive to be probable Democratic voters. And so the powerful really have no incentive to end this. Plus, having it as an issue is a great fundraiser. Oh, yeah. Absolutely true. Yeah. So I, I don't look for any big move anytime soon. Well, I don't know. This is a crisis going on right now at the border. Something is going to have to give. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mike Gonzaga running gophers or whatever they're called are still undefeated, so that's my team in the NCAA tournament. What are they? They're bulldogs. The bulldogs. <laughs> the running gophers. Uh, why not? You got running rebs. You got uh, running this and that, running noses. Uh, oh, that reminds me. There's a weird syndrome. Some people get over the COVID. Who, who've lost their, their smell and their taste, they get this weird, troubling condition where good-smelling things smell awful. Oh, that'd be worse than no smell by far. Uh, for instance, a rose smells like feces, oh. which is not good. What kind of a cruel trick is that? Isn't that like it, a th- by any other name is still a rose? Isn't that no, a... No, no. no. Caca by any other name is... <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. I mean, as the guy who cleans up after Baxter, I'm here to tell you, you don't want that. Oh, my God. And, you know, we'll talk about it more later, but I'm sorry. I've started. I can't stop. The wonderful, lovely smell, the scent, I should say. You don't want to say smell if it's something good. You want to say scent. An aggressive scent. The lovely scent of your lover's neck, perhaps, starts to smell like burning tar in your brain. Terrible. Can you imagine? Your, Your child's hair. Smells like something horrific. But it makes does, you wretch. But do, but but does somebody's sweaty feet smell like a spring day? Then <laughs> I don't think it works like that. <laughs> a tar pit is the tulip fields of Amsterdam. <laughs> you start hanging out at the the county landfill because it smells like a you know a rose. I, again, I don't think it works like that. And we need to move on to our feature: woke lunatics parading their stupidity across the land. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> We're still working on the name. There are some who believe it's a tad long. 
couple of stories for you. Uh, first of all, uh, there are a number of folks in San Francisco who are calling for the resignation of school board vice president Allison Collins after several racist anti-Asian Twitter posts came to light. She's one of your woke black activist types who doesn't want Asians, who believes there are too many Asians in school. And she wrote, among other things, many Asian Americans believe they benefit from the model minority BS. Many Asian American teachers, students, and parents actively promote these myths. They use white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. Wow, wow, that might lead to a shooting or something. You're whipping up anti-Asian hatred. Talk to many Lowell High School parents, and you will hear praise of Tiger Moms and disparagement of black-brown culture. So now she's, uh, and that's the problem with being in the woke crowd. You're in one minute, then they find something politically incorrect you said in the past, or maybe they just change what's in and what's out, and you're out. So get. Yeah, remember yesterday I was on this, I'm still on this poetry kick, but I was talking about poetry. Uh, I was listening to this podcast, and this guy who was uh, formerly in charge of the NEA, the National Endowment for the Arts, wanted to start some sort of national poetry contest to get people interested in poetry again. And it was about, you know, uh, memorizing and reciting poems, and you got into a contest like a spelling bee or something like that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he and this is before this woke nonsense happened. He didn't seem to even be aware of that, or I don't know how old this podcast was, but he mentioned now there was some push back because a lot of people thought it was unfair to uh to people of color to uh to memorize poems but luckily i was able to convince them and i thought wow what wow you're gonna have a well that's part of that whole you know white people learn a certain way and people of color learn a different way and imposing white ways of learning is wrong it's just it's weird Boy, these people are are the most racist humans I've I've witnessed in my life. That is the best example ever of the soft bigotry of low expectations. That's a great phrase. Yep. Uh, Speaking of the San Francisco school board, I want you to listen to this conversation, please, between uh, Board of Education Commissioner Allison Collins. The first voice you hear is Ritu Khanna, the District Chief of Research Planning and Assessment. They're talking about the devastating learning loss that's happened during the COVID shutdown, keeping in mind that a lot of schools all over the San Francisco Bay Area are open. And everybody's fine, but those are private schools, and the teachers' unions and the woke boards are the ones keeping the schools closed, and it's a tragedy. But keeping that in mind, let's listen to the conversation. Uh, it's uh, clip 41, Sean, about in terms learning of le- loss. Go in ahead. terms of learning loss, we did use our formative assessments that were administered last fall to actually look at learning loss. I know you all have a report. And we have a report on the district's website in terms of learning loss. What's interesting is we see gains in some areas and some losses. And so it's, I like that you guys are also thinking of it as learning change, that yes. you know, it's not always across the board where you might think. And I don't know if you wanted to speak on that just a little bit. Yeah, sure. We don't like to use the word learning loss. Uh, we like to use the word learning change because oh we want to see it as unfinished learning, learning recovery, learning acceleration, so, you know, um, that's what we are we are trying to uh, look into. So let's keep using the word learning change. Thank you. Let's call a dog a cat. Exactly. To accomplish whatever we need. We have to have a certain number of cats. So we're going to start calling dogs cats and cats cats so we can reach the number of cats that we need to have. That's exactly what that just was. Yeah, exactly. Let's call it learning change. Thanks to uh, uh, Al Anonymous in San Francisco for alerting us to this. That's hilarious. <laughs> that and is he writes, so Orwell. 
Oh, it is straight out of Orwell. And, and we've talked about this before. When I read the book also and got to the part about peace is war or, you know, love is hate or whatever that stuff. 1984, yeah. I kind of thought I understood it, but I didn't really. I just I thought it was like um, uh, like practically an allegory or something. It was so it was so not real. Right. It was an example of a certain kind of thing that could happen, not actually happen. No, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. You're calling one thing something completely different. Just the left is good it's at that. Easier for you. They just change the language and they force you on your knees to use their terminology, or you lose your job. But I love this note from Al. Wow. Our kids aren't experiencing learning loss; they're experiencing learning change. Sure, they could be in school learning the three R's, building friendships, playing sports. But just think about how much better they are at Zoom. They're learning how to be lonely and depressed. Some are getting a crash course in domestic abuse that they would never have had. Kids learn socialization at school, but they get to learn about social isolation at home. Home. That's some great sarcasm. Wow. It's not learning loss. That it's learning is change. Mind blowing. Yes, it is. Wow. It absolutely is. How crazy are these people? But wait, Jack, there's more woke nonsense on parade. You could dedicate your life to looking for better music than that, and you'd never find it. Oh, so that true. That music is so great. No, when you have perfection, you stop yes. painting. Right. Clip number 40, Sean, please. Any sort of uh, gendered language, calling your mother your mother, calling your girlfriend your girlfriend, calling your wife your wife. Employees there are suggested not not to use that kind of language. You mentioned brown bag lunch. That is verboten. Things at a birthday party, for example, you can't say hip hip hooray. What? Wait a second. You're going to have to fill me in on these. I have heard these. Why can't you say hip, hip, hooray, and what's wrong with brown bags? <laughs> the hip, hip, hooray one, I don't remember. It's maybe a, it's a Britishism, I think. Employees at one of, that's Joe uh, Simonson. Yeah, Joe Simonson of the Washington Examiner. Employees at one of the largest health insurance providers in the country, Cigna, are routinely subjected to far-left critical race theory lessons, and uh, according to uh, leaked documents and chat blogs obtained uh, by the Washington Examiner, people who worked at Cigna told the Examiner they're expected to undergo sensitivity training. They consider racist and discriminatory. Lessons include, of course, white privilege, gender privilege, something called religious privilege, etc. Employees are pressured to comply with inclusive language and su- that suggests replacing terms like brown bag lunch with lunch and learn or grab and go. <laughs> Be- but, but why? Well, what? brown, Jack, brown bag, bag, so you can cheap, use, wait a second. brown, You're, brown Joe, people. You can't see this. Joe's using a lot of facial expressions and hand movements. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't help me understand what's wrong with the term brown bag. Oh, you don't know what's wrong with brown bag. <laughs> no, As I don't. a white man, the bag is brown. Well, I don't. Brown people. There are colors. <laughs> there are colors in the world. Oh, my God, these people are so friggin' nuts. I have more t- terms you should <laughs> use. hilarious. Uh, you know what? Well, I tell you what, next segment, I want to do more of these suggested terms you should do, but uh, don't use no can do. Replace it with unavailable. Microaggressions uh, are questions such as, do you even know what Facebook is or are you a nurse? I guess that has to do with if she's a woman, she can't be a doctor or something. <laughs> 
I don't even know what Facebook is as a microaggression. Well, some of the craziest, craziest stuff is what Joe Simonson was talking about. You're supposed to avoid gendered language when Please discussing. Please do not you, use right. gendered language yes, to, we know. to yes. address everyone. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> so you're supposed to refer to your sister as your sibling, your wife as your partner or spouse your mother as your parent don't use gendered language it's hello parents and of course they're using the pile of horse s white fragility by robin d'angelo the dangerous racist textbook how to be an anti-racist by ibram x kendi among other you're even forced to read books by angela davis who's a terrorist Let's see. Oh, oh, and they systematically exclude white males from uh, hiring decisions. I mean, like, literally, don't hire him. He's a white male. This is Cigna, the racist, racist Cigna, in my opinion. <clears throat> is, there, is there anything else? Yeah, 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 I don't get it. Can you imagine? And you refer to, yeah, my sister's coming to visit. What did you just say? I said my sister's coming. What did you just say? Well, there there aren't many people that would react that way, but there are some. Well, at Cigna they would, apparently. Check your privilege. You've got course, to admit to racist of course you're crimes. Right. The, the point is not that I'm going to run into actual human beings that react that way. If a company has those rules, then they have those rules, and I could get in trouble for it. I'm confused in the scenario where you're sharing private information with your coworkers. Why would they have any clue what my uh, my, my siblings' travel plans are? Well, I, I just think if you said at work, hey, my sister's coming to visit, and somebody witnessed you saying that, you could be in trouble. Because you used a term that is, uh, it, it's it's similar to what used to be, uh, you know, sexual harassment, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very old jokes. school. It's ugly. Hey, I've got the list of, of terms you shouldn't use and their suggested substitutes. It's great. It's unintentionally hilarious. So why don't we do that right after the break? Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Two reasons you're not going to hear a lot about the shooting in Colorado yesterday. One, I think uh, a lot of conversation about the individuals in these things leads to more of these. I fully believe that. Absolutely. You Uh, become famous. You have all of your grievances aired. Two, I would think we'd all realize by now, in the first 24 hours, and we're still in the first 24 hours, almost everything you hear will turn out not to be true. So what's the point of discussing the details? But here is something interesting. We've had two mass shootings in seven days with the Democrats and maybe the woke end of the Democrats controlling the House and the Senate and the presidency. So we might see some talk and movement on guns that we've never seen before. Mm. So that could happen. But more on that later if it does. Thank goodness for the Second Amendment. Yeah, we will discuss that more at length uh, on, on uh, you know, coming up. But uh, I will be making wild leaps of logic based on the uh, races and ethnicities of the victims, and declaring it that it's a war on suburbanites or it's clearly anti, you know, white people or college grad hate crimes and not a bat s crazy person. Exactly. Who unfortunately had a gun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
Uh, so moving along. Unfortunately, uh, isn't a strong enough word. That sounds too cavalier, but uh, I don't mean it to be cavalier. Right, right, of course. Um, so Cigna, a giant insurance company, is beating their their workers into submission with all this woke garbage, which is racist and Marxist. They're trying to take away your language, your history, so they can remake the country in a Marxist uh, uh, mold. But among the things that are being browbeaten about at Cigna are these uh, stop, think your words matter, use inclusive language lists, including you're not supposed to say grandfathered. You're supposed to say a continuation of or legacy because grandmothers will be pissed off. Uh, It's a gender thing, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Brown bag lunch. You can't use that. They don't explain any of this. By the way, some of this stuff is it has like ancient origins um, that are allegedly racist or prejudiced, like the term peanut gallery, which is the, the cheap seats. Don't use peanut gallery. Are quiet in the peanut gallery. Say hecklers. Do these numbnuts think they're actually making the world better, though? Some do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've got your hardcore Marxists, and uh, a lot of their names, you know, they're writing the books, they're forcing the stuff down people's throats. Uh, then there's the useful idiots. Uh, right. So the hardcore Marxists, they're they're not they they don't think this specifically is making the world better. They're just trying to tear everything down so everybody's scared to talk. Um, mm-hmm. All the old rules are out, and we can start with a new system. Right. If they can brand you as a racist, they take away all your power. They get you on your knees. You will beg for their forgiveness. I'd That's say the that, purpose. I'd of say it. that being scared to talk is working pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't say, hey, guys. Say, hey, team, friends, you all, y'all, or people. Don't refer to wives, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends. Just say spouse or partner. Do you know what the, plur- you- you know what the plural to y'all is? Hmm. All y'all. All y'all. All y'all. Mm, right. Or y'alls. I've heard them both. Uh, I'm you're referring to my girlfriend. Thank you very much. If I have a girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend, honey. My wife listens to the show. <laughs> Nor do I have listening. a boyfriend or a partner. None of those? I got a wife. Don't refer to mothering or fathering. Don't say going into this blind. Say going in unaware or not knowing what to expect. Don't say I had a crazy day. Say I had a stressful day or busy day. Don't refer to man hours or mankind. That's so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, I just, I've been hearing that since I was a little kid. Yeah, it's sexist mankind. No, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, don't say the China virus. No. There are no alternatives. Discontinue use. It's a, <laughs> don't say off the reservation, gypped or gypped. Different spelling. Don't say master bedroom or bathroom. Say primary bedroom. Because if you have a master bedroom, clearly you're in favor of slavery, and we all know it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, every time I go to our master bedroom, Jack, I just think, I wish I had slaves. I'm the master with no slaves. We Look at me s- in my bedroom. <laughs> we have a serious mouse problem in our master bedroom. Had the uh, pest people out yesterday. Hope to get that under control. That's not good. No, it's not. I know you're a farm guy, but that's a little too old school. And my son was freaked. Both my sons were freaked out. And uh, I was telling them, you know, when I was a kid, I don't know if it was just me, but it, 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 having mice in your house, at least for my upbringing, was not that uncommon. I mean, it was just, yeah, there were mice in the house. Mm-hmm. A gerbil. Regularly. And you caught them as many as you could. But the fact that one existed was not, oh, my God, we live in Calcutta. Yeah. 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 
We have different standards, I think, now. You probably shouldn't say that at uh, Cigna, by the way. We live in Calcutta. Oh, that was problematic. <laughs> Don't say no can do, because at one point, Asian people or Chinese people said that, and I don't know. people thought it was amusing, but 100, 200 years ago, who cares? Don't say hip, hip, hooray. I tried to research that one. As far as I can tell, it's a Britishism. Hip was in, like, the 16th, 17th century. That was a way to get people's attention. You'd say hip, hip. Wave your hand, you know, to get their attention. <clears throat> so I can't imagine what's wrong with I that. I didn't know that. So you say hip, hip, like, hey, everybody, look over here. Do- hooray! I can send you the article, the anti-Semitic roots of hip, hip, hooray. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not going to read right. that. But, no, but, but that, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's to force you to your knees so you're terrified into compliance. And you're not supposed to say lovely lady, Mr. President. Lady, lady, lady. <laughs> refrain from complimenting on physical appearance and instead direct compliments or feedback toward an individual's strengths, work accomplishments, project results, etc. Boy, your project results look great today, Linda. <laughs> I tell you what, this stuff is all hilarious. It's unintentionally hilarious, but it's terrifying because if you don't utter the magic incantations that they insist, they will force you to your knees. And either physically, or mentally, or employment-wise, beat you down. Yeah, well, companies scared of lawyers are going to buy into this crap. It's well, I don't know. The, the next many years are going to be so interesting. Boy, and what, what's ironic is these Marxists who are teaching this garbage, this racist garbage, they're all getting rich. They're yeah. getting paid tens of thousands of dollars to teach their Marxist nonsense to these terrified employees. Another $3 trillion package about to come through. And what? also, we need to talk about guns, probably? Armstrong and Getty.